ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Tuesday, November 15th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We're here until 6 o'clock. We'll get your phone calls and text in. The phone line is 877-420-TALK. The text line, 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255 to be a part of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We've got a lot to get into today. Basketball victorious yesterday, defeating Tennessee Tech 91-65. Tavion Kinsey passing Walt Wallowack for fourth all-time in Marshall scoring. He is up to uh, 1,986 points, getting close to 2,000. Tavion Kinsey in that game had 28 points. Andrew Taylor had 17. Good effort all in all for the Thundering Herd. Marshall improving to 1-1. One one. Tennessee Tech dropping to 1-2. and two. And, you know, looking at the stats, just looking at how this one played out, this was one of those games you just needed. You needed this game. You wanted to jump out to an early lead. That's what the Thundering Herd did and never looked back. Led at one point by 30, ultimately winning the game by 26. Andrew was 7 of 18. I like that. Tavion was even better, 13 of 19 in the contest. Uh, total rebounds. That's one thing I was happy with yesterday. With the rebounding effort, plus 18. 48 to 30 advantage of the Thundering Herd. Defensively, the Herd out-rebounded Tennessee Tech 29 to 22. On the offensive side, Tennessee Tech only had eight offensive rebounds, and Marshall had 19 offensive rebounds. So both sides of the ball, very impressed with what the Thundering Herd was able to do. Only 10 turnovers. I like that. Hustle points, that's something I always look at the hustle points. So what did Marshall do on the paint? Well, Marshall had 46 points compared to what Tennessee Tech was able to do with 38. Points off turnovers. Slight advantage for the Herd, 12-7. So that's, a, that's, a, that's a good number. I like points off turnovers. Second chance points. That means Marshall's getting a second chance and getting points. So more rebounding, more opportunities. 14-7 in favor of the Herd there. Fast break points, which is a Marshall stat. Marshall has no excuse losing the fast break points most nights. 15-4 in favor of the Herd there. And then bench points, 24-19. So you got a... I thought a, a more rounded performance. You had more people in. Now, let's be honest. Uh, David Early had nine minutes. Uh, Goran Milodimic had four. Uh, Marco had three. Yeah, there are some guys that got in late. But you, know, you had your core guys getting the majority of the touches. And I think Camden Kerfman looked good with ten points. Uh, Micah looked good. He had eight. Uh, Wyatt Frick had seven. So there were some good I think some good performances across the board for basketball. And last night, looking at this, the you know, second half was better shooting than the first half. 20 of 36 shooting the second half compared to 19 of 43 in that first half. So it went from 44% to 56%. You're usually going to win games if you get close to over 50, 60% shooting. 4 of 19 from the three-point line first half. A little bit better from the three-point line. 50%, 6 of 12 there. And Tennessee Tech just wasn't able to really get set. 
They shot 44.1% from the field, 26 of 59, 6 of 21 from the three-point line. It was a good effort all around. There's nothing I really can look at this and go, okay, you know, they they did not perform well. I can't sit there and nitpick this one. I'm sure Dan D'Antoni will nitpick it all day long, all night long, but the one thing, uh, Jalen Seabree, he stood out, 14 points. You've seen him before, FIU, uh, Moorhead State, now, now playing for Tennessee Tech. So, yeah, 14 points, he got his. They had a go. They had a couple of good players. It wasn't. It wasn't one of those where I was worried. I shouldn't be worried when Marshall plays Tennessee Tech. It's going to be a, a good, good contest. Marshall should win, and that's what happened. Marshall won. Convincingly, 91-65. So I think we should all be happy with this one. And if Tavion Kinsey can continue doing what he does, 28 points. I hope to see more like that from him. I mean, rebounding, it was across the board. Yeah, there wasn't one dominant player. Everyone got opportunities. Andrew Taylor had six. Uh, Micah had eight. What Tavion had? Tavion had three boards. Wyatt Fricks had eight boards. Assists, again, 28-14 in favor of the Herd, and it was spread around all over the place. Andrew had five. Tavion had seven. Camden Kerfin had four. Jacob Connor had four. And you go down and down here a little bit. Almost everyone had at least an assist in the game, just about. I liked it. I like what I saw. Foul trouble, not an issue. 15 personal fouls. 11 for Tennessee Tech, 15 for the Herd. I like that. This is a complete game. This is a good game. Nice bounce back against Queens University. Nice bounce back. And so the Herd moves on now. Got a battle with Miami. That's coming up. The Red Hawks, Mid-American Conference, a former foe of the Thundering Herd. Great rivalry back in its day. Charlie Coles with the coach of Miami. He was a character, if you don't know who he is. He was a character, for, for those of you maybe not familiar with this. Again, there's some fond memories of Marshall taking on Miami. This was good. This, this was a good back-and-forth series, and I hope Marshall can take advantage of it. It's coming up. We've got it for you here on ESPN 94.1. And AM 9:30. So, what'd you think? 304-396 talk. 304-396-8255. Uh, did you like the presentation? It was different. People are learning. You got the Herd Zone app now with the with the, the feature you can sync. You can you have the blinky light now. It, it syncs with the music. I saw some people trying to download the app as it was going on. You got to download it before, but just do it before. If you don't have the Herd Zone app on your phone, do it now before you get to the next home game. And it's right there in the menu where you can sync up and do the blinking along with the uh, the pregame introductions. Or if you don't have it just yet, you know what? Turn your flashlight on. In the dark, just turn your flashlight on. I mean, wave your phone around with the flashlight on like it's a glow stick. Nobody's going to mind. Nobody's going to notice. Once that thing becomes 
more prevalent. People know what the app does. More people know, okay, we got to be in our seats early. We got to be there. We got to be ready. We got to do this because, you know, it looks like it could be really cool if more people are doing it. You get, say, 5,000, 6,000 in there. Majority of people have their phone doing that thing with the, the blinky lights. I mean, it's a little thing, but still, it could be fun. It could be cool. And I don't know if you can do color coordination with it. You know, have maybe their screen blink in the green. I, I don't know what you can do with this thing here, but it's on the Herd Zone app. All you have to do is download that and do it before you get to the Henderson Center so you don't have to worry about it because once you get in there, uh, it's probably going to be a, a data dead zone. Unless we can get a deal hooked up with cell repeaters and you know have Verizon and AT&T actually put just inside the arena just expand the the data coverage there you want to talk football i do i got coach huff comments i was over at the shoey earlier today talking to coach huff and we'll hear that we'll take your phone calls and text 304-396-talk 304-396-8255 more coming up on this edition of the drive on espn 94.1 and am 930 This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, November 15th edition of Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're getting set for Marshall and Georgia Southern this week. I don't like Georgia Southern. I can remember back when played them they were they were a group with a little swagger to them beat the herd pretty pretty well and then Marshall started catching up because Georgia Southern at one point was one of the more dominant teams and then one double A so Marshall started catching up with them and started to beat them and that made me happy I always always enjoyed watching Marshall beat Georgia Southern. So hopefully that rivalry picks up for a lot of you. Uh, For some long-time Herd fans, it's there, I'm sure, for me especially. Again, I'm not going to lie to you. I like the Southern Conference rivals more than I like the MAC rivals. Some people like the MAC rivals more. Uh, Do we care about the Conference USA matchups? Not many. Maybe Western Kentucky. Maybe. Maybe. The teams that came over with Marshall from from the league, I like them, so we can continue on with them. So it's it's Marshall and Georgia Southern. Uh, Coach, uh, in his opening statement, uh, took a moment to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the tragedy that has uh, impacted the University of Virginia, uh, talked a little bit about the importance of the, the game uh, against App State, the 75 game, the, the Marshall Memorial uh, and then he uh, started looking ahead to Georgia Southern. That's where we will begin uh, with this particular uh, portion of the show. Coach, again, phenomenal opponent. Phenomenal challenge this week. Um, Coach Helton and his staff have done a really good job this season. Um, it's one of those um, one of those Sun Belt teams that, you know, midway through the first part of the season upsets a Power 5 program. Um, traditional powerhouse, if you may say. Um, so definitely got talent on their football team. 
Um, I think Coach and his staff have done a really good job of, of changing the culture there when he got in um, to what they want it to be. Um, some connections there. Jared Benko, their athletic director, and myself were together at Mississippi State. He's been a great resource to me um, long before I got to become a head coach, long before he got to become an AD. Um, guys on that staff that I, that I know, obviously some really good players. Um, so it's going to be a great challenge, great opportunity to go down um, and battle another conference opponent. Let's start with what Georgia Southern does. And we got to look at their quarterback, Kyle Van Treese. He's what makes that team go. And Coach was asked a little bit about him, what he does also. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what the Georgia Southern offense looks like, what their defense looks like. So we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, I want to get into a comment that Coach Huff made or was talking about, because we're counting down, 15 days. At the time, it was, I think, 17 days when he made the last comment about the how many days are left. And we're not talking about bowl, we're not because that's not a given. And there's only 15 days left remaining for this team. I'm excluding the bowl. So what do you do in those in those days remaining? And that's something that Coach Huff talked about. You know, as they prepare, you know, this is the final road game, and he was asked about this. Hey, you know, what do you do? You prepare differently, final time on the road. And and coach really laid it out as far as it's nothing like that. It's not about that. It's you know, how do you maximize the time you have left? And so when you're done, you don't have any regrets. No, um, it, it's not about being the last road trip or the last game. Um, we're just talking about 15 days. I asked him yesterday at the end of practice, I said, if you knew you only had 15 days at something, what's really important? Is playing video games at night really important? Is hanging out with you know, whoever down at the pizza place really important? Is sitting up until 2 in the morning laughing and joking on your phone, is that really important? Or is studying a little bit more so that you can maximize these 15 days really important? Is, you know, doing your homework tonight so you can get to bed on time, is that really important? What's really important? Invest in what's really important. Because if you know this is your last 15 days, live without regret. Don't look back. And I told him, I, I, <laughs> every Thanksgiving, like everybody from my hometown calls me and says, hey, you want to play in the, in the turkey bowl? No. It's 30 and 40 year old guys running around a high school field with cleats on. We tackle each other. Somebody sprains an ankle. They're out of work for it. No. So I told them, don't wait until you get the call to your, your, your local town turkey bowl to realize that you're not playing football anymore. I said, some of you guys are not going to play after these 15 days ever. I said, and I hope all of you get that opportunity. I said, the reality is you're not. So I said, let's maximize these 15 days and get everything you can out of them from practice to meetings, from treatment to the weight room, to going to sleep, to doing everything you can to live without regret. Um, and if we can do that, then Saturday's game just becomes another day that we maximize the opportunity. Um, I think a lot of coaches and teams wait until senior day to really say, man, it's over. Well, if you live every day like you're not going to get another one, you'll never regret a day of life. Um, and that, that's kind of how I try to live, and that's try, how I try to get these guys to understand. It's different at 18 to 22, right? You think, I'm going to live forever. You know, i got plenty of time. Well, before you know it, it's going to be over. And I think, you know, we've had guys come back. Last week was a really good example. We've had former players come back. And, I mean, they, they miss it. 
And it's, it's natural. So I'm just trying to get these guys to understand, let's not wait until senior day or till the clock strikes zero to realize, man, I could have went harder in practice. You know what, that, that practice wasn't really that hard. In period three, when I jogged through the line, I could have ran harder. Let, let's maximize those today. Hopefully, we'll get a little bit farther each day as we get closer to the end and we can look back and say, you know what, I got no regrets. I miss it, yes I do, and I wish I could play another 100 years, but I got no regrets because I thought about everything that I could do every day for the last month, if that makes sense. Makes sense, and we're not asking Coach Huff to play turkey ball with us. No turkey ball, no football on Thanksgiving. Don't ask him over. If you want to play football with Coach Huff, he's not doing it. They got other things to do. Let's talk about Kyle Vantrese. What does the quarterback for Georgia Southern do that stands out to Coach Huff? And what do they do in general that really stands out to him? Yeah, you know, again, they, you know, what they do is they spread you out, you know, and they, they, they kind of force you to play in space, which the more players playing in space, the more you see how much athleticism you truly have or don't have on your team. One of the toughest things in football to do is to tackle a moving object in, in space. Um, that's why everybody tries to get as many people around the ball in the run game as they can. Um, but their throw, their pass game is really efficient. You know, the quarterback does a really good job of getting the ball out quick, so it kind of negates the strength of your D-line and your pass rush. Um, he also does a really good job of making sure he fully understands what the concepts are and what the concepts are trying to achieve. Um, I think his receivers are a really good understanding of what's going on and where to break my route and how to flatten off, uh, what coverages mean, you know, certain concepts are coming. Um, you can see as the season's gone on, they've gotten more and more comfortable on offense. Um, their offensive line does a really good job of defending um, not only the, you know, pass game, but they, they slip the run in on you and then all of a sudden you're in pass defense and you're trying to stop the run with three or four guys. Um, so, again, they do a really good job of, of um, stretching you out, kind of putting you in space, uh, forcing you to be able to play some basically one-on-one -on -one basketball, and that's, it's, that's tough to do um, in a football game. Coach Huff was asked a little bit about what that offensive line looks like. What's the offense look like? How, how do they compare? Are they reminiscent of Coastal Carolina, to use that as an example that was asked of Coach? And Coach said that, when you look at them, you got to go back to last year, a little bit more reminiscent of what Western Kentucky did. Yeah, um, for us, it's probably uh, probably closer to Western Kentucky last year. It's probably what will be the closest comparison, if that makes sense. Coastal was a little bit more triple option mindset. Um, changed a little bit, not Navy and those type of triple options, but just a little bit of the concepts were triple options where you had a read, a dive, and a pitch. Um, this is a little bit more true spread, um, you know, take best matchups, you know, get the ball out of your hands quick, let your ca players catch the ball running. Um, so we're going to do a really good job. We're going to have to do a good job in the back end. Uh, we're have to do a good job at O-line of getting good, I mean, at D-line of getting good push and making sure we're in our rush lane. So hopefully we can get some balls batted down. Or hopefully we can get some quick wins at the line and get to them, get them in some longer yardage uh, situations down in distance where we got a chance to get home. Um, but our back end is going to be stretched. And I think, again, when you flip it over, um, it carries a lot of impact on your offense. Um, you know, the, the scoreboard has to be non-existent, you know, because you may think, hey, we've gotten up, you know, X amount of points, but one, two, three, and they're back in the thing. 
Um, so you got to kind of play each play. And then on the offensive side, you can't let their production speed you up or slow you down. Um, you got to be able to stick to your game plan. So it's, it creates some challenges. And finally, breaking down what Georgia's Southern looks like, what do they do? Coach Huff, very complimentary of the defense, maybe thinks that this defensive unit doesn't get the respect it deserves just because of the way the team plays. Maybe the defense isn't exactly getting the proper due respect because it's an up-and-down game. It's, it's back and forth, and the defensive unit out there Sometimes teams are going to play catch-up on a defense. I'll let Coach explain. Yeah, they're, they're actually better um, than the numbers say. Um, it's almost like, you know, the old days when you, when you look at a, a Big 12 offense or defense. Because they practice and rep so much against the pass and so much against tempo and the ball coming out, they don't really get credit for their ability to stop the run or their ability, you know, to, to play defense. A lot of times because – teams are so far behind they're having to take chunks you know what i mean so you, you take four four shots you're probably gonna hit two maybe one that's still a big play so yardage wise it gets kind of skewed a little bit um and then again it gets kind of skewed because teams are having to always try to be explosive on them to catch up um but they do a really good job of stopping the run i thought i think their linebackers are big and physical guys um i think their back end runs really well their back end probably is a little more experienced against the pass because they go against it and they see such a variety of pass concepts from their offense. Um, and then their D-line, I think, is probably, to me, they're one of the more girthier D-lines that we've played when you look at the size and weights of them. So it's going to be a challenge for our guys um, because, again, they do a good job of stopping the run you know, with their linebackers, their size, and their length, which is going to cause some issues. And then the girth and size that they have they're not the 6'5", 280-pound version. They're more of the 6'2", 6'1", 324, 305 version that makes it hard to move people. And if you're going to run the ball, somebody's got to move somebody somewhere. Um, so that's going to be a challenge for our guys up front. Coach Huff breaking down Georgia Southern. Let's go to our text line, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Uh, Texter writes in, Eagles wide receiver Burgess Jr. out for the season. Number two, maybe the number one wide receiver for Southern. Advantage heard. If you want to know the price to fly to Savannah, I do, I do. 700 bucks, and I predict the herd victory, 31-14. 700 bucks to fly to Savannah. If you got it, go for it. Maybe you take the... Maybe you take the road trip, the extended road trip. Maybe you do that. I don't know what that's going to cost you in gas. Time, of course, yeah, that's very valuable to a lot of people as well. $700 to see the herd? Okay. Uh, Texture writes in and says, Maction stinks. CUSA New TV also stinks. Go Sunbelt. Yeah, I do like the Sunbelt TV package. I'm not going to lie to you. Texture says, Hey, Paul. I got a decision to make. Do I stay home this Saturday and watch herd football or go to the herd basketball game? Any suggestions? Okay. You could stay home. You could. You could watch the football game. I think a lot of people are going to do that. You could you could stay home and watch the game. You could also take your radio with you 
Get yourself a radio. If you don't have it, get, get yourself a pocket radio. And you can dial up 93.7 The Dog. I mean, you can stream it as well. We got we got the streaming app, so you can listen to it that way if you want to. And you could go to the basketball game. Have your headphones in. If, you know, listen to it old school. Listen to it on the on the real radio. You can listen to it on the streaming app. I just like to feel the real radio. That's just me. And you can listen to the football game while you're at the basketball game. While you're at the basketball game. That way, you get to see the, the herd in person on Saturday at the basketball game, and you can listen to the football game while it's going on. That's, that's a possibility. Because if you're at the basketball game, you can see what's going on at the basketball game while you're listening to football. If you're focusing on football at home, you know how, are you going to try to listen to the basketball game while you're watching football? You know, on the TV, are you going to try to juggle it that way? I would say if you've got if you've got the basketball ticket already, if you've got the ticket, go use it. If you have it, if you haven't got your ticket yet, and you, you just want to go, and it might make your decision easier. Hey, do I stay home? Yeah, I don't have a ticket. You can get a ticket. That's what I might do. I'm. Doing the exact opposite of what it gave you, advice-wise, because we've got the basketball game on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 on the radio side. And we've got the football game on 93.7, the dog. Now, I'm going to be at Roosters for our pregame show. We do that, you know, three hours prior to kick. And then I've got the football postgame show, and we'll go and look at basketball as well. So I'm doing the opposite. I'm going to maintain uh, an eyeball or two on basketball while I'm paying attention to football. For you, if you actually can go to the game, go to basketball. And then you can tune in and listen to the conclusion of football. If you're on your way home, listen to me. That's just my advice. You can, you can, you can, you can do it that way. Texter jumps in. Basketball game, ESPN app to watch football game, same time. Okay, first of all, I, I don't know what this ESPN app thing is you're talking about. The only form of communication is radio. Radio. That's the only thing that exists. They have not invented TV and video just yet. That has not. Okay, um, I had to say that because my boss sometimes listens, and if we mention that a football game is on TV, uh, we get a memo about that, how we're not in TV. Okay, just true story. True story. I don't want, I don't want the boss getting on me for promoting a video game. All right. Uh, Texture says, "Hey, uh, watch basketball game live. Watch herd game on phone. No, watch basketball game live. Listen to herd game on phone. Take a radio. Yes, I like this. Take radio and listen to Swanee and Cotton. Four waves divide the herd. Yes, yes, I like this." Go to basketball live, take radio, listen to me talk about the game, and then listen to the voice of the herd, Steve Cotton, call the football game. Dave Wilson will have the basketball call. Dave's excited. Dave does a fantastic job. Dave used to be an intern of mine. 
True story. Dave Wilson, former intern of mine. We've got more Coach Huff when we continue. We'll talk about uh, some of the uh, progression of Cam Fancher. That's something that I think you want to hear. We'll talk a little bit about uh, also why Kalen Laburn compares to a, a famous running back. Coach Huff made that comparison today. We'll talk about that when we continue with this edition of The Drive. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, November 15th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We'll take your text this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Marshall is getting set for Georgia Southern. That's coming up on Saturday. We've got the game for you on 93-7 the dog. I got to remember that so I can remind you. 93-7 the dog because basketball is going to be here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So I got to get that information out to as many people as possible. So you know, if you want to listen to Steve Cotton's call of the game, you want to listen to 93.7 The Dog for the football broadcast. You want to hear Marshall men's basketball, that is going to be on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Earlier today, Coach Huff spoke to the media during his weekly press cure, media availability. And one of the things he was asked about was how this team responds to adversity, you know, getting down and then able to battle back. And Coach Huff quickly responded, I don't want to be battling back. But he did talk about how he liked how this team responded to that adversity. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like hoping that we have to battle back uh, because I don't want to get behind. But I think any time that you can um, respond, whether that is battling back from 12 nothing at JMU, whether that's battling back, you know, last Saturday, or whether that's being ahead and being able to sustain drives and finish games off, I think any time you can respond, it helps you respond again because you can recall some familiar situations, you know, to the guys. Hey, this is just like you know, X, Y, and Z. Hey, we've been here before. Um, I think the key is finding out ways to start fast and not have to get in situations where responding to something that someone else has done is the cause. I mean, we should be responding because, hey, the offense went out and put a really good drive, put points on the board. Defense wants to respond to that. Special teams wants to respond to that. Um, So hopefully that's the plan. Um, But obviously having any type of experience in adversity and responding will, will definitely help. Let's hope the herd has zero adversity on Saturday against Georgia Southern. Defensive unit, they've kept the herd in a lot of games, haven't they? And they've been pretty good. They've got this confidence. They took on a pretty good Appalachian State team, held them down. And so it was asked about their confidence going into Georgia Southern. And Coach talked about that confidence, but he explained there's confidence and then there's real confidence. Do you know the difference? Well, you're about to. Yeah. Um, I think right now our defense is playing with a lot of confidence, and I think that's the entire defense. And it's we talked in the summer, there's confidence and there's real confidence. Confidence is just jumping up and saying, yeah, woo, look at me. I'm the best in the country. 
Real confidence is putting in the work, putting in the preparation, doing the things to build the confidence in yourself so that when you're tested, you're, you know you're battle proven. Um, you know you're prepared. You know you've done the things that you need to do to be in that situation. Um, our defense has created some real confidence, not only by the way they've played on Saturdays, but if you come to practice, those guys practice with the right mentality. Those guys are meeting extra. Those guys are quizzing each other, you know, when they're walking back and forth between classes. They've got group chats where they're texting, you know, film from clips of games that they're seeing and talking about the different coverages and adjustments. Um, the coaches are doing more, um, you know, kind of homework assignments. You know, here's 10 cut-ups from the game. You know, fill them out and text me back the answers. You know, what's your alignment? What's your call? What's your, you know, what's your adjustment? Um, so they've built some real confidence. You know, right now, those guys practice to a standard. You know, like if you watch them practice, they're coaching each other. If guys ain't tagging off, they're, they're on each other. If guys ain't running to the ball, if guys ain't communicating the call, and when you get to that point, you're building real confidence because if we tell them on the field, I'm not out there. I can't make everybody communicate. I can yell from the sideline, but on Saturday, I sound just like 24,000 people that's behind me. You know what I mean? So you guys have got to be the voice. And it can't start on Saturday. And But that's what they've done, and I think Micah is obviously a beneficiary of that confidence, and he's done the work himself. A couple other cuts I want to get to while we have time. First of all, Coach was asked about the progression of Cam Fancher. you got to admit, you might have been down early on the offense. It's picking up. I hope it continues to pick up. But Cam Fancher, I like the continued growth from this young man, and Coach talked about his progression. You know what uh, What's really impressive to me about Cam, and, and we started this thing way back, and obviously he's, he's grown and he's progressed, and he's still going to get better. Um, he's not having to do anything special. And, and you know, that's, that's the tough part when quarterbacks start to really mature and really develop they realize they don't have to do anything special. I mean, he's done some really good things, but it's been nothing special. He hadn't had to jump over seven people. He hadn't had to break five tackles and go 40 yards. He hadn't had to circle the field and, you know, swivel out of one and throw one. He hadn't had to do that. He just had to do his job. And I think that's helped alleviate some of the pressure. You know, no, I don't have to, you know, throw for 450 yards and six touchdowns and no intercept. No, I got to hand it off when I pose a hand it off. I got to make good decisions. I got to do a really good job of managing the tempo and the flow of the game. I got to communicate to the coaches when I see something that I like or don't like. And then I got to take care of the ball. And if we can continue to do that, the other pieces around Cam will allow Cam to continue to progress. And I think that's what's helped. Um, you look at those drives. I mean, if, if he didn't have Fancher on his back, you wouldn't know who he was. You would just think, oh, he's the quarterback. He's doing a good job. He's not doing anything special. But then when you look at the stat sheet, or you look at the game and you really break it down, you're like, well, that's a good decision there. That's a really good read there. That's a really good throw there. You know, so those are the things that, you know, I'm really impressed about what he's been able to do these last couple of weeks, and I think he's going to continue to get better if he can just do his job. You know, I think when you start trying to press, which we all did earlier in the season, we were trying to press and trying to make something happen, I think when you just do your job, the flow of the game and the talent we have will take care of itself. Coach Huff on the progression of Cam Fancher at quarterback. And finally, health check. Some of you are concerned. What's the health and well-being of Kalen Laverne? Well, no worries. Coach Coach said no worries, and he clues us in as to why. Kalen is, yeah, Kalen's like Jim Brown, okay? So I want you guys to fully understand this, okay? He's like Jim Brown, 
Like, he gets hit, and he gets up limping, and his back hurts. And then he looks over at me, and he winks. Then he comes back, and he goes for 80. He's like Jim Brown. So don't, don't fall. It took me about eight weeks to realize it. I was like, man, this guy, is he okay? Yeah, I'm okay, coach. I'm like, man, okay. Two plays later, he gets up slow. He's looking. He's back. He comes back over. He starts winking and smiling. He's like Jim Brown. Okay, so it's a little bit of gamesmanship, I believe. I don't know if I tipped the hat, but it took me about eight weeks to figure it out. So no way the opponent's got it figured out yet. I see the kid every day, and it took me eight weeks. But, again, I think he's one of those kids who – his running style is, is a big is a physical downhill bruising style. I think part of his strength is he's got really good contact balance. So I think sometimes he takes some hits to get him back on balance. I know that sounds weird, but you know, sometimes when you're leaning, it takes you a hit to get you back on balance. And I think some of that is, but he, he's mastered the Jim Brown uh, you know, play play skunk and act like you're about to die and then rip off a forty yard run. Um, so don't be confused. When you see him start to limp, you're like, okay, here comes the big one. You should know it's coming. Yeah. All right, we're all clued in now. Hopefully the opposing team's not clued in. They're not listening to this show. No one from Georgia Southern's listening to this show. If you are, hey, how's it going? More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're wrapping up today's edition. Wrapping up with a bow tie. Really nice Christmas paper. It's getting that time. Here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to be back tomorrow. Get you closer to kick. And again, I got to stress this. This week, we've got a very busy Saturday. We start with football live from Roosters at 3 p.m. That's going to be on 93.7 The Dog. Then basketball is going to be on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Now, if you're going to the game, take your radio with you. You listen to the football. If you want to keep up with football, you can listen to the football game. Take your radio. Listen to that while you're watching the basketball game. Or if you're just you don't like football at all, and you're more of a basketball person and you don't care what's happening with the football team, well, you can listen to Dave Wilson on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So you you got options. And of course, whatever you do, we'll have I guess we're gonna have sort of a, a combined pseudo post-game show. We'll talk basketball, we'll talk football. It's gonna be it's gonna be weird how we do that. And then here in a, a couple of weeks, because we got the game on Saturday where we're doing it with the same time, and then on the following game, the home game, we've got basketball in the evening, football in the afternoon. I'm gonna be there. At 9 a.m. on Thunder Street. It's a noon kick, so 9 a.m. on Thunder Street, and you better be there. You absolutely better be there with your tailgate rig going at 9 a.m. And you better bring me some hot chocolate, too. I'm just going to start calling you out. If you're not there, I'm just going to call you out. 9 a.m. I'm going to be there, and we're going to do it. 
We're going to tailgate. That's going to be the final home game of the season for the Thundering Herd. And we're going to do that. I'll have the post game. We're going to be talking about a Marshall victory. And then somewhere in between, I'm going to either do the pregame here or I'm going to head over to the Henderson Center. We're going to figure it out. So we've got some... We got some crazy conflicts here the next couple weeks, so uh, just just remember, if you don't know what we're doing, let me know and I'll tell you. I'll keep you straight. With that said, we're out of time. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow to do it all over again on ESPN ninety four point one and AM nine thirty. Have a great night, everyone. Your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.